0: This is the Sharpen Podcast. I'm Ashley, the creator of the show. I thought I'd let you know that I am still very much in recovery from my ACL, lateral tendon, and meniscus knee surgery. I'm extremely far behind in my recovery process because of the extensive nerve damage in my leg. Since I can't do all the things I love to do, I left the country and decided to do some traveling in Peru via motorcycle for a few months. If I can't use my legs, what better option than to sit down all day cruising through a beautiful country via moto. So be patient and understanding since I'm recording out of hostels with crappy Wi-Fi. With that said, please keep listening to my show. Consider it a throwback to when I first started the show and was recording out of the bus I lived in with the wood stove crackling in the background. Did you know that this show would not be possible without Rocky Talkies? So reach out to them and say thank you. Or better yet, support their business by buying a pair of radios to use on your backcountry adventures. Rocky Talkies are backcountry radios designed by two climbers from Denver. These radios are extremely lightweight, durable, and more affordable than any other backcountry radio on the market. Here's Ryan, my guest today, sharing his personal experience with these radios.
1: I've really fallen in love with the Rocky Talkies and like having them for communication, um, personally and then you know professionally. U- using the radios um, has has helped.
0: Well, there you go you heard it from Ryan and if you like discounts get 10% off your radios by going to rockytalky.com slash sharp end so on October 6th 2021 Ryan and his climbing partner headed out to climb at a crag in North Conway New Hampshire called White Horse Ledge this climbing area is known for run out slab climbing they had their eyes set on a nine pitch trad route rated 5.9 they loaded up their climbing racks and went for it on pitch five of the climb, Ryan slipped, and I'll let Ryan tell you the rest. I hope you enjoy.
1: I'm Ryan McGuire. I am a mountain guide. I split my time. I spend my winters in New Hampshire, my summers in Washington State uh, guiding. I'm an AMGA apprentice alpine guide working through that program, and i um, yeah, just enjoy being out in the mountains. And... and how old are you? I'm 38.
0: 38. And what what made you decide to go through the AMGA guide program?
1: Um, when I got into guiding uh, eight years ago, um, you know, I f- felt a little bit like behind the gate um, as far as you know, you know, I'm working with younger guides and everything like that. So. And so I just wanted to, you know, go after some proper education and just give myself kind of the best opportunities to advance my career. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good for you. And you you said New Hampshire and Washington State? Correct. Those are on the very two opposite ends of the country. (laughs) Yes. That must make commuting difficult, um, but cool. That's that's good. You get it, um, sort of the best of both worlds in terms of conditions. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, great. Well, welcome to the Sharpen Podcast. Thanks so much for willing to be on the show and sharing your story with our listeners. Um, go ahead and tell us what happened.
1: So it was uh, October sixth of twenty twenty one. Um I was going out climbing with another guide that I work with. His name is Ryan as well. Um in Washington, uh but we were actually here in New Hampshire, uh climbing and we've been climbing partners for probably 3-4 f- years now. Um and guided together and everything. Um and uh he was actually in town working on becoming a single pitch instructor, uh, uh, trainer cause he's a certified rock guide. Um, and he had the day off, uh, after his, uh, finished his course and we were going to go out and climb until we decided to go climb at white horse ledge, um, which is here in North Conway, New Hampshire. Um, and the route, is rated five, seven, nine pitches. Oh, nice. The um, White Horse Sledge is kind of known for kind of run out climbing.
0: Like slab climbing? Uh,
1: slab climbing, yeah. Um, so, the weather was, you know, upper 50s, overcast. Um, we hadn't gotten any precip, uh, the day before, I think we had some rain two, two days prior. Um, but we hadn't, uh, we didn't have any, any precip that day that we were climbing. Um, and it was actually a new route for both of us. Uh, Ryan had never been here to New Hampshire. So we were just trying to, I was just trying to get out and go climb with him a little bit. And, uh, I ne- actually never climbed this route, either. Um, but so, had,
0: you, had you climbed in that area before?
1: Oh, yes, yeah. Um, but I just never climbed this, this specific route at, right. at, at Whitehorse. Right. Um, and so it was probably about 8, 30, 9 o'clock that morning that we started our climb. Um, it's a short approach. Um, maybe 100 yards to get to the base of the climb um, which is kind of the nice things about many of the climbs here in, in, in New Hampshire. Is there's, yeah, that's
0: some proper cragging right there.
1: Yeah, some it's some super super accessible <laughs> uh, climbs. And uh, I let off on the first pitch um, and then we just continued to s- swap leads um working our way up um and it was definitely like i think Ryan was leading off on the th- fourth pitch and it was like super run out and uh he was having he actually slipped a little bit um didn't didn't really like go very far but like his foot definitely popped out <laughs> at one point um and but he was able to finish finish the pitch and uh you know and then I followed up um and then we get to the base of the fifth pitch um is this and, is
0: this sport climbing or is this gear climbing?
1: Uh this is trad. Okay. Yep. Um and so, because of the the this, I mean, we're using a lot of tri cams. Um, you know, we just it, it 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 just a lot of very very run out. Um, ultimately, um, not a lot of great protection um, on, on this route. Um, but we get to the base of the fifth pitch. Um, nice bolted anchor. Um, we take a few minutes to kind of regroup and everything. And then I go ahead and start to lead off on this fifth pitch um, called the dike pitch. Um, and it's more vertical. It's not slab. Um, but again, like the rest of the climb, it's just very run out. Not a lot mm-hmm. of great protection. So I was probably about 10 feet up above the anchor um, and I grab a wet hold.
0: Um, like moss or lichen or or shrubs?
1: No, it was just like there was like some, some, I guess some rain had like in a pot had gotten to a pocket from the from the two days prior okay so wet know, rock which, yeah wet, wet rock, just standing and um i was gonna you know at this again i at this point i had no protection in yeah because um, you're
0: 10 you said you're 10 feet above the above,
1: anchor above, above, correct
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and i say to ryan um, hey, I'm slipping. I'm, I'm I'm gonna fall. He's and he's like, I got you. And next thing you know, I pop off, and it all just happened so fast. Um, I don't know exactly how it happened, but I popped off, and when I did, the rope wrapped around my left forearm and broke both bones in my forearm um and then i had an open fracture on my right hand of my middle finger from the impact um and i was with rope stretch i was probably about 15 feet below ryan at this point Mm -hmm. uh kind of hanging upside down
0: so that's about Uh, a 35 foot fall
1: yeah um and at that point, like I was trying to like write myself up. So, cause again, I was hanging upside down and, you know, he had locked me off, so I wasn't going anywhere. Um, and I was able to kind of turn myself around. So I was, had my head up at that point. Um, and was able to communicate with him uh, that I was definitely very injured, um, and we were gonna need some help. So, luckily, where we're at, you know, we had great service, and he was able to get on his phone and dial nine one one and get that process started. Um, which, in turn, uh, You know, got the ambulance going and uh, Mountain Rescue Service, um, which is a local volunteer rescue service here, uh, got them dispatched and got them going. Um, But being on a search and rescue team myself, um, I knew, you know, the amount of time, I mean, we were four to 500 feet up off the ground at this point. I'm like, we need to try to get ourselves down. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I have an open fracture. I'm bleeding. Um, You know, my arm is broken and my left hand just feels like it's just dangling there. Um,
0: Is that what it looked like?
1: Yeah, I mean, and it was definitely getting all black and blue. And uh, so... At that point, he was able to kind of rappel down to me to kind of help, kind of stabilize me. I took a uh, jacket out of my pack, and we were kind of able to sling and swath my 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 left arm. He's also an EMT as well, so mm-hmm. uh, good
0: to have partners with woofers and EMTs.
1: <laughs> correct.
0: And that probably made your arm feel a lot more secure just being, you know, just being supported.
1: Yeah, yeah, because otherwise my hand was just like, felt like it was just dangling.
0: And what about your other hand, your right hand that was with the open fracture? Did you, Were you guys able to stop that bleeding?
1: No, I was just kind of just bleeding out. I mean, like it wasn't like a lot of blood, but it was definitely like a a drip. Um, And then at that point, once we kind of got situated and got the whole nine one one going and everything. Um, I'm like, we're gonna have to try to get moving down ourselves. So we actually were he was able to set us up on a tandem repel and we were able to start repelling down we did one repel got to um a the station there was actually another climbing party coming up and the the lady in that climbing party she was actually a nurse um so she kind of looked at me but again you know wasn't a whole lot she could do at that point um and at that point too, I was starting to get a little uh, dizzy, but I knew I still had to kind of keep moving down. Um, and then I think at that point too, there was um, actually an AMGA multi-pitch uh, course on, on 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 at Whitehorse Ledge. So I think uh, <laughs> they were they must have heard and they had started to work their way over towards us. And we were able to continue to rappel down and actually Mountain Rescue Service met us at the top of the first pitch um, and was able to assist down that, that that first pitch. So all in all, it took us about 30 minutes to get down to, to where we met with Mountain Rescue Service. With a broken
0: um, arm on one side and a broken finger on the other. Correct. That's pretty good time, Ryan.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the, I guess that's one of my big takeaways is, um, you know, having a good partner yeah, um, to help facilitate that um, because I, I mean, my, my legs still worked fine, but I, but obviously I couldn't do anything with, with either of my hands. So, so yeah, and then met Mountain Rescue Service and um, helped get down. Uh, that final pitch, um, and then there was folks from the ambulance, uh, there at the base of the climb at, at at that point, and they were able to kind of stabilize things a little better. And I was able to walk, uh, myself to uh the ambulance,
0: and then they shipped you off to the hospital.
1: Yeah, which was luckily ten minutes away, and was probably in the OR, uh, in surgery a few hours later.
0: So what was the prognosis with your injuries?
1: So it was the open fracture of the middle finger.
0: Of your right uh, hand.
1: Of my right hand. And then my forearm was both bones on both sides were, were, were broken. Um, so I now have plates and screws on both sides.
0: How's the recovery going for you? Are, are you able to use both those hands? Just the same now, or you still have a lot of physical therapy to go?
1: No, so that so I actually finished up uh, therapy just before Christmas last year, um, and was actually back to guiding ice climbing uh, January seventh.
0: That's a quick recovery <laughs> for those injuries.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, at that point, like it. I mean, the the big lingering thing is now that finger that was fractured. Um, is more susceptible to cold than it ever was before. Mm-hmm. So that's been a challenge to try to figure out my glove system, especially if I'm ice climbing. So that's been an ongoing process to try to figure that part out. Um,
0: and also you're, you know, because you were... In the AMGA program, did you have to put a pause on that while you were broken and healing? Yeah,
1: so so I had a couple things that I had planned for last winter, um, which was to do my uh, ice instructor course. And then I was going to do the pro one with the American Avalanche Institute. And I withdrew from both of those because I didn't know what the recovery time was going to be and if I was going to be ready and everything. So um, luckily I'm in both those programs and planning to do them this winter. So getting back on track, I just kind of delayed everything a year.
0: Right. Well, so what, what were some of the lessons that you learned from this accident in New Hampshire that you want to share with the listeners?
1: The first one is choosing your partners wisely. Um, again, You know, having a solid partner that knew exactly what to do, was able to keep their cool, you know, is super vital. If I had been out with, say, another friend who wasn't versed in these rescue techniques, we probably would have been sitting up there for, you know, a while until Mountain Rescue Service could have got up there and, you know, I would have been obviously losing more blood and things could have gotten worse, so... Um, I think that's probably the big lesson
0: that's a that's a good one and, and I just want to point out too that you know we so often say that you know choose your partners wisely. That's such a common lesson learned on the sharp end that I hear over and over again and you're right for sure choose your partners wisely. but on the flip side of that is also about being a really good partner and and showing up with the skills and the attitude um, and the drive and the knowledge to um, support yourself in the mountains and also support your partner in the mountains because Can, yes. we can't just rely on our partners to get us down. And we can't just rely on our partners to make sure we have enough food and water or, you know, to check the weather or whatever it is. Um, we, we also need to be that partner for our partners. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I think that's the big thing, like with me and Ryan, like we both, you know, have obviously worked together, guiding uh, for, for a while and we've climbed, you know, bigger Alpine objectives in Washington and things together. So, you know, we have that good rapport of of working together, um, and knowing each other's skill sets and everything. And then obviously, you know, when I was not able to help at all, like he was able to kind of take over, um, the other big lesson, I guess would be, I mean, you know, it's kind of racked my brain for the past year. Uh, cause it was a year yesterday that the accident happened. Um, you know, I'm trying to like replay and see what, what could have been done differently. Um, and I've just really struggled I, you know, we, you know, after the dust settled and everything, you know, like I kind of did a debrief with, with Ryan about everything and his take on everything. And I'm, you know, just not, it not really sure if there's any, anything else that could have been done differently. I think it was just kind of a a fluke. The climbing wasn't that hard. I mean, we we've certainly climbed much harder things together and everything like that. So it wasn't wasn't that. I it was just you know wrong place, wrong time, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean accidents happen, right? Yeah. And it sounded like you were climbing well within your ability level. And I mean, slab run out slab climbing is difficult for. Mostly everybody, yeah. <laughs> um, and so it just was a wet hole that you slipped off of, and and that could have happened to really anybody,
1: you yeah. Know? You know, and then obviously I think the big thing was, you know, we had a, you know, myself working in search is working search and rescue. I kind of knew like what the what the response time was going to be. So knowing that and knowing just how long it was going to take for for folks to get to us like knowing the importance of hey we had to kind of self rescue um you know just to get ourselves down um i think that was and then again ha- having the skill set um between between partners because you know if the roles were reversed like you know i think i i could have got us down m- maybe not as efficiently as as ryan um but i could have got us down but if i had maybe gone out with another friend who didn't like i don't know if i th- I think we would have been sitting ducks at that point because they wouldn't have known how to get us down yeah how to
0: set up a tandem rappel on a multi-pitch climb yeah well you know there's been some talk on on uh you know my uh, sharpened social media a little bit about uh, the importance of hiring a guide. What are your thoughts on that, Ryan?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of value in in hiring a guide. Um, you know, not only from, you know, just the the learning aspect of what you're going to walk away with, um, but you know, the safety aspect. You know, like I work on a lot of big glaciated peaks in 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 Washington. Um, so, you know, having crevasse rescue dialed and, you know, being so familiar with that terrain that like, if the weather gets bad, like, you know, I've been up, been up there so much that I, you know, have, have that navigation plan and everything like that. So, um, so obviously increase your, your safety margin. Um, and, you know, obviously, I think you get people, you know, that sometimes try to go out and do things themselves, and then shortly realize like they're in way over their heads. Um, and a lot of times, people will either squeak by or they're or they're bail, um, you know. But I think that's where a guide can really be beneficial to really help facilitate a a safer, more enjoyable experience. Um, certainly when people are, are in the early stages of learning, climbing, mountaineering,
0: um, yeah. So they can learn it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Hire a guide people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, you, you had a couple good lessons learned, um, but really you didn't really do anything wrong. So what about telling the listeners leaving the listeners with a couple of things that you and Ryan did right?
1: yeah um definitely I think our communication um was really good throughout the entire climb not to give you a shameless plug but like I think like I mean I've really fallen in love with the Rocky talkies and like having them for communication um personally and then you know professionally u- using the radios um has has helped
0: so you guys were using rocky talkies on that climb correct nice nice and where were they clipped to
1: uh onto the sternum straps of our on on our on our on our climbing packs
0: Mm -hmm. nice yeah i mean i i that's why i partnered with the rocky with rocky talkies they're they're super great guys and their product is by far i can't even you can't even tell people how important they are especially with your specific incident um so, get your ten percent off, people. Rocky Talkies. <laughs> all shameless plug. I don't care. I love that. I love them. Yeah, so, yeah. I
1: mean, yeah, I mean uh, we we use them uh, for guiding, and then I and then I have a pair for 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 my own personal. So, um, I yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't go climbing with without them uh, in in any multi pitch uh, setting.
0: So so communication was good between yep. you and Ryan. And what else did you rate?
1: Um I think you know, I think our route choice was was adequate um for our skill set and everything like that like we didn't like try to do anything wild and crazy um especially knowing that that uh you know, it was it was something new for both of us. It was a new a new route uh for us. Um And so I think that, 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 that pre-trip planning, um, you know, kind of doing the research on, on the route. So we kind of had it gamed out, uh, ahead of time. I think that's, that's important. And that's one thing that we've always done, uh, whenever we've climbed together, um, is have those talks, uh, ahead of time and kind of planning things. And then obviously, you know, the big thing is, practicing those those rescue skills i mean obviously we work together a lot and you know we do the alpine rock rescue and crevasse rescue drills like all the time so you know having that stuff really dialed together and and just having a good good rapport um with with each other
0: and and good rapport with each other in a way that you were able to debrief after it happened too. You didn't just walk away and say, "Whoops, uh, never want to climb with you again." I mean, you guys actually came together and talked about what you learned and what you like, how you grew from that experience, which I think is very important.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's something that we I mean even even after that. Like we've still kind of talked about it even even more. Um, you know, throughout throughout this whole last summer. Um, whether we were working together, we out personally, uh, you know, just kind of, I mean, even in other contexts, we go out backcountry skiing together, you know, like we're, you know, kind of looking at all those aspects of, you know, and what, what what are we going to do to increase our, our margin of safety? Um, you know, so I think that's, those are important Uh, conversations to have and you know obviously in our context like he's the better the better rock climber you know certified rock guide um so i'm gonna lean on him more uh in in that context uh but knowing that you know i'm not afraid to to voice my opinion uh either um if I'm not feeling comfortable in, in, in a situation, things like that. So knowing that we are a team and that, you know, yes, he may be the more experienced one. Uh, but you know, that I still have, uh, a voice, um, as part of that team.
0: Thank you so much, Ryan, for sharing your story with us. And thank you to all of these search and rescue volunteers out there. Thank you to Rocky Talkies and the American Alpine Club. Show your support to this podcast by donating on PayPal or becoming a Patreon member. The American Alpine Club podcast is about telling all kinds of stories from the climbing community, breaking down the latest climbing management plan that impacts our climbing landscapes, sharing stories of climbers epicing in the mountains, trends in climbing accidents, and more. The AAC podcast preserves the legacy of legends like Yvonne Chenard and Irene Beardsley and highlights the work climbers who are charting the future like the Full Circle Everest team. Each episode delves into one of the four values of the AAC, climb, protect, educate, and connect. You can find the American Alpine Club podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. Check it out. And as always, play hard and be smart.